Uh, good evening, uh, good afternoon, hello Glasgow, uh, welcome to Guru Live Glasgow, we're going to be releasing podcasts of today's sessions plus original content over the coming weeks, details of all our platforms can be found on the BAFTA website, uh, we want you to tell us about your day as well, we'd love to see your highlights, you can tag at BAFTA Scotland on Twitter using the hashtag Guru Live and follow BAFTA Scotland on Instagram and share your snaps. Now that I've read the important words, uh, let me introduce you to our panel today, welcome to the uh, Masterclass for Scott Squad, and uh, let's just run through who we have. We've got Ian Davidson, who's the director of the show. That's Ian. Joe Hewlett, who's the creator and narrator, the voice behind Scott Squad. Uh, Julie Wilson-Nimmo plays uh, PC Megan Squire. Sally Reid is PC Sarah Fletcher. And Manjot Simal plays PC Sergeant Singh. A DC. Oh, yeah. Just to, everybody's got to get their correct titles. Um, so before we get into the chat, uh, why don't we remind ourselves what we love so much about Scott Squad, and this is uh, one of our uh, favourite clips, all about Bama Flash. Have a look. As if, as if we needed uh, reminding. My name's Grant Stock, by the way, she's introduced myself. I'm uh, delighted to be here as a host because I've been a fan of the show. Uh, I think it was a pilot that, that, that I first saw uh, when it was broadcast. And uh, as an ex-police officer, I've got a particular interest and uh, I have enjoyed just watching how close to reality this really is. Uh, Joe, I suppose we really have to start with you. Take us, take us right back uh, to, to when you first had the, the idea that became Scott Squad and how difficult a process was it getting on air? Uh, it took ages because we made a taster tape in 2010, which I don't think anyone here was in. Well, sorry, you weren't in it. Um, no, initially, I'd really been really into Road Wars, which have you seen Road Wars? Mm-hmm. It's basically like Scott Squad. It's one of the many cheap budget um, factual police shows. I watched it because I'm from Slough and it was filmed in Slough. And I remember watching it once with my dad and he like, knew everyone that was on it getting arrested, which is <laughs> really funny. So there was that thing of, of doing a spoof of that would be funny. But also, I'm really into Kerber Enthusiasm, and they have this... I got given this book by my brother for Christmas, and it was a compendium of scripts, and it was story scripts, and they outline... They have an outline process, which is what we do, where you, you get from A to B to C, and the actors improvise around that. So I thought that's a really fun way of working and it was just somehow I really don't remember how but there was a fusion of those two ideas I was working at the comedy unit at the time as a development researcher and um, I just mentioned this idea and the comedy unit got behind it put money we made a taster we pitched it to the BBC they gave us a pilot that was 2011 we made the pilot wasn't broadcast till 2012 and then we never made the series until what 2014 just everything seemed to move really slowly back in the day uh, I'm not complaining now, though. Yeah. It's, it's five Clearly. series in. So, uh, yeah. That was... So, as, as the creative team, have you in here, were you right from, from the start as well? I didn't do the, I didn't do the taster tape, but yeah, basically from the pilot onward, we've been, yeah, we've been making them. The pair of us have been on set pretty much. Yeah, as the process day. has gone on, we've, I think, so the, fir- the pilot in the first series, it would be uh, Rab Christie, who's the managing director of the comedy unit, and us two were coming up with the stories. Uh, as it's gone on, we've, there are more and more people have got involved in that process. The cast submit a lot of uh, stories, and we use a lot of those. And we've been working with the writers' room to get other people involved. So it, it's now a bigger team, and there, there's a bigger diversity of um, writers. But certainly in the beginning, I think it was a, it was a bit more of a closed thing uh, with us and Rab. How has the show evolved since those early days? Style-wise, content-wise? Well, we now have detectives, uh, <laughs> which we didn't for the first... Uh, three series, so more women 
because um, that's her first female pairing, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, which I'm not saying. I'm not saying <laughs> congratulations, us. Yeah, well done. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I don't really know. Uh, I think basically we've got. Um, hopefully, we've got better at making it. Yeah. <laughs> over the years, um, because it's such a strange process. The way we, or not strange, but it's it's a different from a normal scripted show. The way we make Scott Squad is, as Joe says, we will write. Each scene basically is written as a little story. We don't do any lines. We don't do any of the dialogue. We basically write it as a little story. We have a little rule that if it goes over a page, it goes in the bin. Um, we basically try and keep it as short and as concise and as funny as possible with a start, a middle and an end. And if it has a... It sounds incredibly stupid, but if it has a crime in it, <laughs> that often works uh, well because there's a many, surprise how many times that will happen. And then we... Sorry. Sorry. On you go, sir. Oh, what's your, what's your perspective as a class yeah, I member? I think just from what you're talking about, from what's changed, I think you're just saying about it being about a crime. So we went in with characters that, like, strong sort of characters, characterisation. And then, and maybe in the first couple of series, we did a lot of things that were about our characters. And then I remember you saying, maybe after the first series, it works better if it's centred around a crime. Yeah. And then your character can come out of that rather than it being about Sarah's anxiety to bake the right cake or Jack's thing about the gym or whatever. Mm. So yeah. that works, yeah. Yeah, we used to do a lot more... Start with a crime, yeah. We used to do a lot more character-based mm-hmm. scenes. Um, and a lot of... It's just, I don't know how to describe the Scott's Squad process, but we, we, we shoot almost all the time. <laughs> We shoot probably about ten times more material than ever gets in the show. Most of it goes in the bin, um, quite rightly because it's rubbish. But that, that's um, <laughs> but the, that's the kind of the process because we don't write the lines. We have no con- not so much control once we're out shooting it. So comedy by itself is a is a is a bit of a shot in the dark with everything. You're never entirely certain whether something's going to be funny or not until you actually perform it. And in this case, we don't even have the control of writing funny lines, so we're just entirely relying on people like these three to make it funny. Um, but initially, we used to do, for example, whenever we drove between two locations, we used to just let the cameras run and let the performers drive to the next location and talk. Which and it was usually after lunch. Marriage. Yeah. Usually after, after lunch, lunch. And you're, you can't, everything's about food or <laughs> <laughs> about being tired and wanting a nap or something like that. But over the years, we stopped doing that because Thankfully. it was just a waste of film. <laughs> because there were so many things about so, cake. So, so clearly, the casting is, is also key uh, yes. to this. Tell us about the process of, of being cast. I could maybe go through the three of you, actually, uh, to tell us your own experiences of, of, of getting the job and, and what, did, what did you make them go through to... To, well, to get a job. You have to explain it, because yeah. it's interesting for me and Joe to hear it. Well, well, yeah. can, you, can you remember what, what, what the process was for you getting a gig? Yeah, it was... Um, got a call from the agent. Um, Comedy Unit want to see you for this new programme they're thinking about doing. And we went down to... What was it, the sits? Yeah, because we were in the same group, I think. Yeah. So we went down to the sits and a whole bunch of actors in one room. And basically the guys uh, just got us to do various improvisational scenes. One time we were playing a criminal, one time we were playing a cop... And then they'd pair us up different ways and then just let us sort of play with it. And then just from that, they said, OK, thank you very much. On your way. And that was it. That was it's, it's slightly, yeah, that, that's right, because you're on it from the pilot. Now we 
there's two rounds of auditions mainly. So actors would come in and have a sort of one-on-one, or there'd be us two, or me and Rab, or some combination of um, production team interviewing an actor, and we say, just come in and imagine you've been stopped by the police. Don't tell us what's happened. And over 20 minutes, we just ask them questions just to see how good people are at thinking on their feet. Uh, I imagine that's probably quite an intimidating thing for an actor because we're also sort of playing the role of bad cops in that situation. Um, So we do that, and often people make us laugh, and then we'll have a workshop audition where we bring back actors to interact with each other because we're not actors and we're not necessarily as good as other actors would be acting with each other. Um, We will do groups of, what, maybe 12 yeah, so at 12. Yeah. yeah, and we just give them various improv scenarios. Um, and then, yeah, that's it. It was different with Julie because we had an idea that we wanted to get detectives involved. So I don't know what we did. Did we match you up with a few people and test out sort of chemistry? Yeah, but, but Noddy's really good friends. My husband and watches horror with them like <laughs> on a Sunday night. So I had hinted for about five years to get in the show. And he was like, well, I'm not sure and all this kind of stuff. And then Sally crowbarred my name because they do ask the actors for suggestions of people that we've worked with that are funny and all this kind of thing. So Sally was like, I've said to, to Noddy, and I was like, yes. <coughs> uh, so when I went in, I had to do what the boys are talking about. I had to improvise as a sort of detective at that point and then they brought in three or four different actresses and we had to do scenes don't name them I would never do that <laughs> they were all smashing and uh, uh, the, the, then the boys were asking us questions and it was really nerve wracking it was really tiring I was like oh and I thought after the, the first uh, girl who'd left who was really good and I was like oh is that it then like no you've got another two of these to do oh my god but the more you went into it the sort of easier that it got and you could tell if you were bouncing off somebody or through nobody's fault of their own. Some people kind of stop the improvisation quite early. And I always remember one girl, who I won't name, started totally arguing with me. And I was like, ah, well, this is no going to work, is it? <laughs> and I think she called me an old boot at one point, And I was like, ah, I hope she doesn't get the job. So, uh, and then afterwards we had a sort of, what do you think and all this kind of stuff. But I left there thinking I wasn't getting it. So I was just enjoying my day out. Um, so when I did get the call that I was doing it, I was really excited because I've been a massive fan of the show since the start. Okay imagine for, for, for an actor coming into this it must be a, it must be a really strange beast because the pressure is really on you, you know, normally you'll have your script, you'll learn your lines and you perform it but not only have you got to perform you've actually got to be funny which, is, which puts you under pressure every day Sally how do you, do you like that, do you thrive on that I think because, it, because we've done it for so long now that I've, I remember sort of Jordan and I who's Jordan Young who's my partner in the show, we like get your scenes before and we'll meet up and do like a story meeting with the guys and and then you write down little ideas so then at first day on set you go right try it. and now you try that and do it but last year we didn't do that and we'd a, and it was a lot more relaxed and a lot more fun or something because you can't crowbar your own ideas in um yeah what, because there's guests there actors in and you know you just you can't do that but it, it is a lot of fun if you just play the story and the truth of the story, yeah. as Joe says, you're trying to get from A to B to C. And if you do that in character, you know, something funny will hopefully come out of it. Do you know, do you know, Sally, Jordan's what's... very, very good at one-liners, at, like at quick thinking. At, yeah. Um, yeah. Who called him Shagger? 
that, that was Chris, Chris, <laughs> oh, no, Chris told the actress who's a wrestler yeah, 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 yeah. he was doing that throughout the audition process just calling people shagger <laughs> and then we, when we finally put it he did it in the story which is great so that's uh, entirely from him I would never have thought of that yeah, yeah. to do yeah. so credit to him so then you have to go with that because that's not predetermined you know, you know we've not that's, we've not heard that before so you just have to run with it and so see what happens there's a lot of um, so what we try and do is as I was saying we don't know what we're going to get when we go out but you're constantly obviously we're spending we're spending people's license fees so we can't go out and just um, fire up a wall so the idea is to put as many safety nets in as possible. So our stories should be funny even if you just read them on the page. So, for example, that Bama flash, knowing that that will be a funny image, we know that that's going to be, or we guess that that's going to be funny once we go out. Um, we then trust that they'll be funny, but we, are, we as, as Sally was saying, we'll go through the process of making the show. We have meetings where we talk through the stories and we ditch stories we don't like or stories that they don't think they can make funny or they'll say, oh, well, this is funnier, and we can rewrite the story to fit sometimes. Um, and then once we're out there, we'll shoot the scene, we shoot the scene like two or three times, and we shoot it as much as possible like a documentary. So the camera crew don't get to see it until <coughs> the camera's rolling, basically, and whatever happens, they have to try and follow it as much as possible, um, which, again, makes it an interesting process in the edit, because there'll be things we miss because... It's- it's on the so just on, on that subject, can you give us an idea from, from a director's point of view and an actor's point of view, what that brief was on that day for that clip that we've just seen? How much did you have to work with and uh, what, what did you give well, Sally and Jordan that day? I mean, if I remember rightly, the, the, we should have brought scripts actually, but the, 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 the actual story for that one's probably about a third of a page and is literally a, a wee guy's, they're chasing a wee guy, he runs in an alley, they follow him, they can't find him. He's dressed in a tube. It's basically <laughs> as much as it is. And I'll, I'll have talked to that department beforehand and we'll have discussed what kind of tube and how it is. And we've either, we, you know, do we spray paint a kid's tunnel? And I'm like, no, just get, <laughs> you know, the covering for pipes. And, but anyway, so we get that. And, and then we will have tested it in the uh, three weeks before. There's some poor props guys doing it in the, <laughs> the hall to make sure it goes over. People are like, what do we do with the bag? And the, anyway, all that. So hopefully all that's sorted before we get on set. And then that's basically all you get. Really, yeah. but then that that one that one that scene that we just saw became a benchmark for the series that we filmed, the latest series, because remember you going, I don't know, I won't, I won't say, it, but there was a visual one, and then I kept talking and I was like, and what do you think, and what, and asking the criminal, what's, where have you been today, and where are you going, and you were like, it's visual, Sally, and I was going, <laughs> oh right, yes, okay, 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 what so that? that became. The guy in the park. I don't remember it. I oh. just don't remember it. And so that, that became... And so so I is went, this to come in the new season? Is this to yeah. come in the new season? Yeah. So. Well, I, I actually so don't even think the sketch made it, to be fair. Oh, well. <laughs> there was a guy in the park and he had to... Um, yeah. So they'll get that little half page. Mm-hmm. And then, as I say, we, we'll... F- I mean, that again, it's a bit of a cheat because Scott Squad's a bit on the hoof a lot of the time. So the, it's one of those shows that the entire crew has to buy into the idea of Scott Squad because that was shot probably in about 15 minutes before lunch. That's actually our... The state, uh, the, that was the, after... That was right at right the end of the day. Right at the end of the day, then. That's the industrial estate that our office is in, basically. 
Um, and I remember we couldn't get to the location because we'd run out of time. Scott Scott's yeah. it, it run. So you basically say, look, let's just shoot it here. Yeah. So that drive up in the car, that's as much as we got of it. The GoPro on the top of the car kind of helps us get out of jail a lot of the time because it's very much like these shows. So the audience get what we're yeah, saying really quickly because they really understand the language of that type of programme. And we, then that, we that also end up with stories that aren't even in script. Like, was it Bam or No Bam is not yeah. in the script in any way. That sprung from another story they were recording, and then that becomes its own thing. Yeah, that right. So that so yeah. So I was going to say all all of those all those things that we put in place for our safety net. If they come up with something else, we and the crew have to be able to go with it. So as Joe says, the clip that went the Bam or No Bam with the, I don't know if everybody's seen that clip with the with the, the wee net with the wee Bam in the bucket. Mm. And guessing which bucket he's hiding in. <laughs> <laughs> that sketch, I don't whether anybody knows or not, that sketch is not actually in the series. This is what comedy's like, so we're deciding. They're coming to take us away. Sound effect. <laughs> we, um, we came for building all the programmes at the end, like a sketch show. I could bore you for about half an hour on that if you want. But um, we got a cho- there was a choice of two sketches, and Bam or No Bam, and I can't remember what the other sketch was, and we chose the other sketch to go on the show, and Bam or No Bam basically was put on the cutting room floor, and then we sometimes give extra sketches to the BBC, and that one went to the BBC, and they then put it online, and it became what, like some ridiculous 10 million views or something. I mean, it's ridiculous, and we slightly embarrassed, because we, we didn't think it was strong enough to go on the show, <laughs> which shows what we know. Um, but as Joe says, the original idea was something about trying to find this wee guy, these wee guys and how we guys always have places to hide and the police can never find them and blah, blah, blah. But as we were shooting it, I remember shooting it about four or five times because you couldn't run properly. No, I was doing well, that. <laughs> Do you remember? You said to me, I was doing a... As I said before, you start every story as long as you're in character and you play the truth of the story. Brilliant. So I'd made it in my head that my character had... A funny run. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, just like, I, had, I was just, like, poncing about like that, and you went, is that how you run? And I went, obviously not. And you went, well, just run like a normal person. Yeah. Creative process, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the tension, exactly. you can feel it. But then yeah. we got around, I remember going, doing one of the takes, we got around the corner, and I can't remember whether it was you or, or Jordan first said, bam or no bam, with a, with a thing. And as soon as they say that, something like that, for us, when we were watching on the monitor, you know... The, excellent this sketch is going to work because there are some sketches you sit through 10 minutes 15 minutes of a take and I do mean 15 minutes of a take where they just continually perform and, and perform and perform and none of it's funny oh my god none of it he was in a scene right and it went on it was trapped in a bin it was a guy trapped in a bin and they're talking to him and then I'm looking at my watch going this is like 19 minutes we're recording it <laughs> He's got a cool cut because he's the director as well. So it's just still yeah. going. <laughs> Never made it. 24 minutes, I think, is a record of it. Which is, again, back to that thing of the crew having to buy into it. Because cam- we have two cameras and they're both um, have basically the cameras on the shoulder for 24 minutes in a take. Yeah. And they're having to follow the action and make sure they're getting everything while carrying a ca- heavy, I mean, it's, they're heavy, heavy old cameras for 24 minutes. And your boom ops... They're trying to follow for 24 minutes and stuff. And, you know, that's hardcore for them. So, um, as I say, it's one of those shows that everyone has to buy in t- together as a, as a team. So, Manjo, when you, when you get your uh, brief, you get your third of a page uh, of your script, you obviously partnered with, with Grado uh, in the car. Do you then take a wee five minutes to yourselves to say, <laughs> let's do this, let's do that, or do you just freestyle it? 
Um, that's an interesting question. His and Grado's process are very different. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, Even calling Grado's process a process. Is <laughs> so what happens is we will we'll meet up, like Sally was saying, we'll meet up before filming begins with the guys to go through all our stories, which is cool. Then we arrive on set and Noddy or Joe will go over what we're doing that day or the scene that we're about to film. And then when we sit in the car, Grado will ask me, so what are we doing now? <laughs> so I go through him. And I say, okay, this is what we do. This is what we're going to do. Um, and we'll see how it goes. Cool. Then Grado asks for sides so he can see the story, so he can read it. And while we're traveling, if we're, fil- if we're not filming in the car, he'll be reading and wondering, okay, how are we going to do this? What are we going to do this? And then when we, are, when we arrive to the location, he'll ask again, what is happening? Yeah. So, yeah, Grado's process is really interesting. <laughs> but I like that about him because, because it is improv. He doesn't have to learn anything. And if he just knows the gist of where the story's going, that can take it in different ways. And that makes it that much more interesting, especially for me as well, because I have to be like, okay, we were going this way, but we're going this way now. Because the whole thing about improv is yes and, right? So we go yes and we're doing this. It's never no but. So if he takes it one way, we have to go that way. And until Noddy calls cut and sort of shapes it the way he wants to go, we keep going down that route. So it's interesting. It is interesting. Okay. I wouldn't say it's difficult. It's interesting. It's just a different way of working. Okay, well, let's, on that subject, we'll, we've got a clip of you and uh, Grado in the car. And uh, I think this, well, the setup's here. Have a look. <laughs> Must be tough keeping a straight face sometimes. I mean, that's obviously part of your character. He's, yeah. he's, he's, he doesn't give a lot away, but in circumstances like that, do, do you get the giggles? Uh, yeah, there's plenty of times when that happens. I think the worst one was when we had, when we, when we apprehended someone on a bus and Grado got into basically a fist fight with her. And um, yeah, that was, the whole situation, the situations are crazy enough as it is, but when you have Grado doing what he does best and trying to act against that, it's, it's, it is difficult. So thankfully, because it is documentary style, you can turn away from the camera, have a smile to yourself, try and get back focused again. So it's lucky enough that we can do that, but yeah, it, it can be difficult. Julie, let's talk about uh, your arrival. As we, as we heard, you came in a couple of series ago. Um, you knew the show, you were a fan of the show. Uh, the show was very established at that point. Um, what was it like for you coming in uh, to this, you know, this show that was, that was so popular and everybody was obviously quite tight as a team? What was it like for you? We were shite in ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we really, really were. And um, luckily, my partner, Louise McCarthy, and me are really good friends already. Um, but I remember we were absolutely bricking ourselves. We were like, maybe we can phone up Naughty and Joan get out of it. I mean, we were really nervous because their show is so established. And we're like, well, if we're ranked rotten, they'll just cut us out and they'll be fine. But I remember one of the first things we did in the morning um, was in a shop in this estate. <laughs> and we were just kind of thrown into it. I couldn't believe how quickly were thrown into it. It was good. When I look back on it, it was good. And we'd go into this shop and arrest two people who'd sort of faked a robbery. And I just remember my legs were shaking so much and I looked down and Louise was the same. And I was like, Noddy, can we do that again? But uh, after the first few ones, you sort of get into the stride and then um, we got a bit of a slagging because we kept them, um, because we get, because we're detectives, we can have notebooks. That's now what we've got all the time. So anytime Noddy or Joe would say something, go, yes. <laughs> so all the crew were slagging us, going, nobody writes it down. We're like, well, we're detectives. So we're going, but that really helped us because um, there seemed to be so much to take on and we kept saying to each other, they go, he's all right, he's all right. We're like, yeah, yeah, we're great. Oh my God, 
fucking fast is this? It was really, really fast because I'm used to working, obviously, with the scripts and so's Louise. And then I go, God, we're doing it again, we're doing it again. So we would have our wee books and check. But it's like Sally was saying, sometimes that would work really well and other times it wouldn't. But we still sort of use those books to keep us on the... Because they're detectives and because we wanted them to be... We got a slagging for this as well. We wanted them to be really authentic. What slagging going on in this room? <laughs> it's good, it's a nice slagging. Uh, but we both went to interview real-life detectives. And... Uh, yeah, and uh, it, was, it was brilliant. And so we just wanted their vocabulary and stuff like that because I kept saying, we're not real detectives, we don't talk like that. So any time we would come out with a bit of detective jargon, we would get a total roasting. Oh, that's they are, cooperate. And I'm like, that, that's what detectives say. So, but it was, it was great. I think it was um, about three days into filming or something like that, we both said to each other at the exact same time, we need to listen to the boys because... It's the boys, your show, they know what they're doing. And we just had to kind of chill each other out and go, trust, they know what they're doing. Their show's mm. up and running already. And, you know, so we kept then annoying them all the time and going, Joe, what have we say there? Did we say that again? Or listening to them when they go, try that again, but can you do it like this? Or, you know, go in quicker with that. And trying to pick that up was was a lot to take in and I'm not just moaning about being an actor actors moan when they're not working and they moan when they are working but I would go home at night like that I'm so tired I mean it was proper your brain's going all the time and you've got to listen all the time and especially with the actors that they bring in to do scenes with us and um they're always great, the people they bring in, but just naturally, it's like a new life. You'd click with somebody in a scene easier than others. Not, not that they weren't good, but we would be able to get it quicker for the boys because this person was giving us so much, it was like easier. So we had to learn to kind of get in the swing of that a wee bit as well. But then at the end of the day, we'd be like, that was a shite. <laughs> so we had to just trust the boys and go, no, they'll, they'll tell us if it's crap. It's interesting what Julie said, you went and speak, actually spoke to detectives, and, and I mentioned at the start how you know, real, and we had a comment, you know, another ex-police officer there, how close it is to reality. What research have you done? Did you, have you spoken to cops? Have you, have you sort shadowed them? Or? Um, a lot of stuff just comes from newspaper interviews, or uh, articles, you see stuff in the news. I think a lot of it is actually quite common workplace stuff, and it's not necessarily, but because it's a workplace, police will recognise that and, and think that might be exclusive to the police, it, but... It took a bit getting used to, but... Because we're filming with performers in uniform on the street, we have to have a police officer with us all the time, because, just in case a member of the public, and I say just in case as if it doesn't happen, it happens every day, someone comes up and goes, Ugh. well, mainly it's, it's excuse me, there's a bus station, um, to our performers. And some of the performers welcome that, and others kind of go, uh, for, I'll, not, I'll not say who. But anyway, um, so we have to have an officer with us the whole time. And currently, because of the terrorism threat, we are, they're not allowed to come on their own. So we have to pay for two officers every day. I can't even tell you how much that costs Loads. to, to yeah. come out with us every single day. Well. Yeah, because they're on overtime. So you've got two people for 12 hours on overtime. Anyway, the so cops are they can make out. more money but, than the actors. But, yeah, they make more money than they do. But the, but, but the good thing is, it means that we have officers there. Or we thought to start with, we, good because we then have officers on site. So sometimes we'll get into a discussion about when would, like for example, here's a question which came up in the first series, which was, we had a drunk going towards his car, <clears throat> at what stage do the officers get involved? Because until the person, as the officer explained to us, until the, the person gets, sits in this car and becomes in charge of the vehicle, 
you can't technically stop them doing that because they haven't done anything yet. It's only until they actually do it that you can then stop them and take them. So this, which messed up our story, so me and Joe then have to sit and work out another way of doing the story. So this, <coughs> this happens. So we thought, oh, this is great. We'll ask the officers all the time. But most of the time, I, I don't know, police officers might disagree, but most officers we ask basically go, it's common sense. Hmm. It's, it's basic. If you think that this should or shouldn't happen, that's probably right. Um, the, the, best, the best answer I've ever had from a police officer was we were fitting a camera on the side of a car and it stuck out a little bit further than perhaps we'd have liked for safety and so I said, I'll go and ask the officers so I said to two policemen, excuse me, can you have a look at this and see if we've got our cameras safe and the officer replied, excuse my language here cover your ears wee man he said, don't ask us, we're fuckwits that's what the police officer said to us so from then on you kind of don't really ask them <laughs> Because they're like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, that's fine. Grado loves talking to the police oh, officers. Yeah. And he, he's always asking about cases that'll be in the news. He's like, you... <laughs> yeah, he's like, what's, what's really happened there? And they don't know. <laughs> and seeing where they put all their stuff. Another funny thing that happens is members of the public now, because it's five series, there's a lot more people that have watched the show. So when they see a police officer with us, they, assume, they see a police officer, they see Sally in uniform, they think that police officer is an actor. And then you get people going, you're not a real cop, fuck you. And then the real police officer's like, can I have a word? <laughs> that happens. I mean, I won't quote, but yeah. something yeah. very offensive was shouted this year at Jordan and uh, someone got taken aside for it. Well, real life mixing in with drama <laughs> yeah. there. Um, a big part of the show, what's become a big part of the show, is uh, the, the celebrity cameos. Uh, that have appeared. Um, Would you like a part? Is that what you're... I've been hinting. I've been hinting. Didn't have the still game, but uh, still hinting. I've still got more uniform. I could bring it. Um, so so what, what... Do you now find that, that celebs are now really keen to get involved? It happened... Uh, yeah, Lorraine Kelly put up the, the... What was the clip? The detectives with the guy doing the BAM chat. So we had someone translating. Yeah. They couldn't understand what the BAM was the saying. Band was and uh, Lorraine Kelly was like, I'd love it, and it's my uh, lifelong dream to be in this show. And then she followed me. So then she messaged her and went, do you want to be in it? Yes. So that was brilliant. <laughs> that was easy. Um, that easy. So there's a bit of that. You hear from people that certain people like the show, and you can approach them that way. I think, That's is there anyone we've... Like we are talking about who actors prepare, for example. Um, after the second or the third season, I can't remember, we, we'd been ignored by Scottish BAFTA. For an award. Um, but luckily, uh, Bill Patterson, lovely, lovely Bill Patterson, was being interviewed at the awards ceremony and had gone on about how great comedy was doing in Scotland. And he mentioned Scott Squad and said it's a shame it hadn't got nominated, which was so lovely. Um, so we contacted him and said, do you want to come on the show? And he said, yeah. So that was amazing. We were all just massively excited about that. But he turned up with, and I'm not joking, two sheets of A4 paper that he'd scrawled this tiny writing hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of stuff that he thought about for his character because he wasn't used to improv but he'd done so much research and kind of and it was really really impressive and I wanted to kind of take some actors and say look this is how somebody like Bill Patterson becomes Bill Patterson because he does so much work before he steps on set and he was amazing but then you have people like Grado or Darren who um, plays Bobby in the show Darren will turn up on set and I do I mean Grado kind of keeps asking what's happening, Darren will turn up having not read this scene. <laughs> but Darren is the other end of the spectrum where you actually don't really want Darren to, yeah. to have read the scene because he just wants to come in and be bonkers and he's amazing at it. Um, 
I know when you were saying about the audition process, I was going to say, part of our audition process is not necessarily, we don't often cast for a part. We often find people we like and then write a part for them or write something for them or something we think that suits them. So I remember Darren's audition. <laughs> did you do Darren's audition? Yeah, because this, so Darren actually did the first round of auditions where he came into the office and it was me and I think it was, was it you or Gavin? Yeah, I think it was me. And he was talking about, we started interviewing him. And I think this was before we decided we would have a member of the public as yeah, a recurring character. That, yeah. We thought everyone would be a cop. Darren came in and claimed to be a human sniffer dog. (laughs) (laughs) Who likes sniffing asses? Just something. (laughs) He sleeps with the dogs in the kennels. He's got this amazing... And it was very, very funny. Because of the type of show we were doing, there was no way in the world we could have a human sniffer dog. But Darren, clearly Sean, is, is this... We thought we have to come up with something for him. So we had thought of a desk sergeant, Karen... And then we thought, well, let's try having a member of the public come in and just annoy her who's in all the time. And so we gave that to Darren, and of course that worked That's it. brilliantly. On the celebrity thing as well, there are other... So in that clip we saw with Manny was the first series. It was one of the first things they filmed together. And Grado's genuinely a fan of Michelle McManus. Because we don't have any of her music prepared there, so that's something he's just come up with, talking about Michelle McManus, I think. I think that is actually his first single he ever bought. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she, seen, she saw that clip, yeah. and then she became a fan of the show. So, again, that was another case of someone letting us know on Twitter. And then in the second series, uh, they all do a scene together, which was... Uh, she was brilliant in that. Yeah, yeah, she was good. Well, let's have a look. We've got to be exclusive here for you. Uh, we've talked about celebrity cameos and people who have uh, dropped hints and got into the show. And uh, here is a clip from the upcoming series. And don't, don't give anything away. This, this, is, this is a wee exclusive uh, for us here, but this is the, uh, just what we're talking about with uh, Lorraine Kelly and, uh, and Julie here, so have a look. So, so quickly, the background to that, who, who threw in Sue Pollard? Was that, was that part of the script? Was that on the I think day? that was her, because she, we had to try and arrest her a few times, and she did keep coming up with folk. And when she said Sue Pollard, I was totally <laughs> decking myself. I was wetting myself. I actually don't know, Louise is younger than me, so she was like that. That was a funny name, who's Sue Pollard? And I was like, what? <laughs> um, but no, she, she, she did. She texted me a picture of her with Sue Pollard, who apparently <laughs> wants to be in... Yeah, she wants to be in as well, Yeah, I met her at a an equity thing in London, and uh, obviously she was like who's this scary Scottish actress and I was like we mentioned you in our show and she was like I'll watch it and I was like that would be really good because she's amazing what's it like working I mean, I mean although it's you know it's interesting because you know you look at the show Scott Squad and, and, and it's all these different characters but never the twain shall meet you know they never cross over and you never have uh, one character working with another um, would you like to work with anybody else you're quite happy with the way it works we've, we've actually tried it a few times and we filmed a few little things and some of them might have been online I think you did one with the chief maybe yeah with the chief and that and that was really uh, it worked for my character because I was in awe of him but like I was a huge fan of absolutely as a kid and then I was like (gasps) I had to sort of go behave yourself Um, (laughs) but I put that into the character and I became in awe of yeah have you filmed anything with anyone else? Uh, just two scenes with the, with the chief. Oh, you've stopped on for speeding. Stopped oh, on for speeding. yeah, that was cut from the show. <laughs> they pulled over the chief and he was in his civilian clothes and he was, was he subtly trying to block bribe you? Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> the nature of my character is, regardless of who you are, if you broke the law, you broke yeah. the law, so you have to get And he has it. arrested his own mum. Your mum, yeah, yeah. remember <laughs> So that was an interesting one. I, I, like, I like working with the chief. Um, but yeah, I mean, it would be interesting to see the different variations that could happen, but 
again, it's the nature of the show where I don't think it would work for the show. It'd be awesome for us, but I don't think for the show itself. It's, also, it's a strange, it's a strange thing that we do. It's great for me and Joe because what happens is we, for budgetary and schedule reasons, we often try and get the performers out for a, for a chunk. So we'll do like four days of Sally and Jordan, and then not see them again. And then we'll do Julie and Louise for three or four days, and then there, and then the chief for a couple of days, and then away. So um, we'll have been filming for five weeks before sometimes like. Sally and Jordan suddenly arrive and we're all knackered <laughs> and they're like yay day one um, so there's a bit of that but there's also means that the, the rap parties are quite good fun because it's the first time that the performers ever get to meet each other it's kind of weird that you've done five <coughs> now five series of a show and mm-hmm. we did don't... a cast photo not this year but we did a big cast photo last year when we were all together I think yeah but it happened so rarely yeah, and yet for a show that's run for so long with such a well recognised cast it's kind of weird that they never meet each other so yeah. that's, that's what's nice about watching it because you it's only see it to see what everybody's it. been yeah. doing yeah. Yeah. you know what we did film we filmed a, a scene with Ken Beatty goes into the station to get his orders off Officer Karen and she treated him because she's got to be nice to Bobby because he's a member of the public because she, she can say what she wants to Ken it turned out that she was really nasty <laughs> Ken, and it was very funny, but it made her look bad, didn't it? Yes. Yes. So that's why we never did it. Extremely funny, but yeah. bordering on bullying. We talked about um, uh, Chief Commissioner Cameron Mickelson, uh, Jack, and, and I saw the, the Fringe show <clears throat> in Edinburgh last year, <clears throat> which again is testament to the success of the show that there's now almost spin offs and, and Jack doing his own thing. So, so tell us. Tell us what's happening. So we're doing, uh, uh, we just finished it. It's called The Chief Does Edinburgh, and it's, uh, it's basically imagine Michael Portillo's great railway journeys, but with the chief in plain costume. So the, the idea is that he, having walked the streets of Edinburgh for years, is an expert on Edinburgh, so he's showing you Edinburgh. Uh, so there's three 10 minute episodes for iPlayer. We've just done those, yep. haven't we? And uh, a detective spin off with Julian Louise. And it's them looking at paranormal cases. So it's things that would be too weird for us to put into Scott Squad, but sort of real-life stories about alien sightings in Scotland uh, and those two investigating them. So we filmed that. That was great fun. They corpsed a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think, you know, the timing of it, and, and as Scott Squad has, has got more and more successful, more and more popular, as has the use of social media. And, and you know, as you just mentioned, you're now making episodes just for... Online viewers. Well, th- theirs is going on the new BBC Scotland channel. Ah, yeah. Okay. Which but, I yeah, think yeah. may be the first all-female comedy on BBC Scotland. I think. Apart from Cagney and Lacey back in the day, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, social media has been been a huge. You know, been very important. You talk about you know we have the celebrities get in touch. That's how they drop hints that they want to be in it. But but yeah, and you embrace that as well. Yeah, definitely yeah. love it. It's a way of people that are outside of Scotland. To see, often people don't even know the context of what it is. The the main BBC account posted the chief talking about cocaine getting into the water supply and getting the fish all high. Yes. And all these mad BBC accounts are tweeting it, and it's like 20 million views or something, and people don't quite know the context. That's very amusing to us. Sorry. Um, yeah, it's great fun seeing people all over the world watching it. And you, you Jack McLaren, Jordan's character has got his own. Twitter account. Oh, yeah, we, so we've got Twitter accounts for the Chief. Um, there's a main Scott Squad account and there's Jack. PC Jack, uh, which is just a fun thing to yeah, do. Yeah. Yeah. And um, with regards to Cameron Mikkelsen, his account recently has been <coughs> hinting oh, yeah, that well, he's not in he's, uniform anymore. Cameron Mikkelsen's been fired. So Series 5 starts with him not as the head of the police force. So you have to tune in to find out why and what's happened there. 
But uh, we thought it'd be fun in the run-up to the broadcast to make him go a bit Donald Trump and off the rails. So he's just tweeting whatever he likes. <laughs> Someone asked his opinion on policy and he said, I don't fucking care. Stuff like that. So that's great fun. Um, yeah, I, I can't say too much more than that. Yeah. John well, Gordon Sinclair's in that episode. Yes, so that's another... Is, is, is this, is this a, an ongoing or is it a, another cameo? Yeah, he was in the... What, series, series two, I think, as a sort of right, an old friend of the Chiefs who's yeah. done better than him in London for the Met. Yeah. And now he's moved back to Scotland and the Chiefs has been fired, so you can work out what's happened there. See what happens. Well, before the Chief gets fired, we've got a clip uh, of him uh, in full-on uh, Cameron Mickelson mode. Um, Sorry if anyone went to the... Glasgow School of Art. <laughs> yes, and uh, apologies to anyone who's in the fire brigade. Uh, but let's have a look at uh, Jack. <clears throat> very funny, very funny. Um, become, that's something that's progressed in the series. He's become more unhinged as it's gone on, and he's almost like Donald Trump type stupidity, which is brilliant. So, so what was the process like for that? Was that, again, a collaboration between you all, uh, Jack's input in that? Yeah, uh, Jordan. Uh, Jesus. Joe writes a lot of the chief stuff. Um, the rest of us will pitch in stuff. It's mainly Joe that's got the best handle on the voice of the chief. And then Jack, Jack's amazing because... The good thing about Scott Squad is because we've got such a variety of performers and they all have different... So you have Darren, who will turn up on set having read nothing and, and just be amazing. And then you've got Jack, who's written for years and years and years and years and years. So when you're working with Jack... I have, basically, he's doing that joke at me. I sit beside Cameron and he talks to me the whole time. Which, and we had, you're saying about corpse, and we've had to stop takes because I've corpsed off camera because um, he's so amazing. But when he's, ad, when, he's ad, when he's performing and he's ad libbing, he's writing it in his head. He's an amazing writer and he writes it as he performs it. So all that thing about the thing you would like to have is have it not on fire. You couldn't write that better, but he's, <coughs> he's performing it as, you know, he's amazing. Yeah. He actually don't cut an awful lot of Jack stuff out because. His, he's writing it as he goes, and, and all his writing experience about how, how you do the subject first and then hit the punchline or do the rule of threes, or you do, he's doing it as he's improv, and it's amazing to watch. Um, yeah, he's, he's astonishing. I interviewed Jack on, on, uh, on the radio a couple of weeks ago ahead of the, 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 the show at the Kings, and he was telling me that Cameron Mickelson is kind of loosely based on his, on his father, and, and Joan is loosely based on his mum, June. Yeah, um, so, so it was fabulous to hear that insight of where it, where it all comes from. So. What's going to happen then with Cameron Mickelson if, if, if he's been sacked? Does I don't. Uh, I've given a, we've given a lot away today, so I think you just <laughs> going to have to watch. wait and see. It's on on Thursday. It's on on Thursday. Ten o'clock. Not long to wait. So, so going through you guys in, in the cast, um, we talked about the process of, of how it's made and, and your roles within it. Uh, how, how is this ranking with regards to other jobs that you've had with regards to your input in it? And do you feel if you had a great idea you, for, a, for, a, for a sketch or for a part of the show that that would be taken on board? Oh, definitely. I think since the start, for me and Louise, they've always encouraged us. Sometimes we come up with stuff that's garbage. But, um, you know, we'll go in, um, like, like all of us do, with our partner and talk through things. And if we really go, oh, I really don't think that would, you know, they're so open to that, so it's good. So you're kind of thinking of things all the time um, before you start shooting again. I wonder if this would work and yeah. tell us to post them up and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's Sally, good. same for you. Yeah, definitely. And like, you know, we're saying there's a great banter on set that there's a, it's a safe place to sort of fail as well because we can we sort of. <laughs> I said we. Oh, did you? <laughs> you said we fell off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I just, do you know, like, because 
it is very, in terms of what you said about different from other jobs, it, it is different. And, you know, you, you learn your lines before you go in or on in, in theatre is different. Um, but then to go in and make it up off the top of your head and sometimes you can't think of something or is this going to be funny? And we're sort of relaxed into it now to go, we know how much material we do to go, oh, they'll just cut this bit out. Let's just, you know, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. But if you, you know, it's very encouraging. Yeah. Manny, what, what about yourself? How, 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 have you, how has it helped you as, as an actor, as a, as a performer, over, over the years of working on the show? As a performer, it's, it's really helped. Um, I went into this thinking that I had to be funny. It's a comedy show, so you have to be funny. And I think I mentioned this to Joe before. Um, over the first couple of seasons I was doing it, I was really uncomfortable because I was trying to be funny. And then it hit me that, you know, forget that, just be your character. Your character is a straight man. He doesn't make the jokes. It's Grado that does it. Let him do the work. And your reaction to him, that will be the funniness. So that took a long time for me to learn. But just to echo what the ladies have said as well, like because it is so loose, there's no set camera movement. There's no set words that you have to say. When you're actually on set and when you're doing it, it does feel like everyone's in it together. Like, we generally know what we're doing, but let's go have fun and do it. And then if it works, it works. If it doesn't, then we'll try something else. We do, like, three or four takes. And that's what's so cool about working with these guys is, yeah, that worked, but maybe try this different. Or Joel will come up. He'll think of a line as we're doing it, and when Noddy yells cut, he'll come up and try and say this line, try and get this line, and cool, that works, that works. So how tricky is it when you, when you take all this footage, then, to, to the edit? Do you kind of... Because you were there, you were directing it, you've kind of got a mental image of what you're, what you're going to trim down or is there surprises as you go? There's lo- um, yeah, there's lots of surprises as we go. And how... It's interesting you saying that about knowing that we'll cut around something. Um, when I'm watching it on the monitor, when we're filming it, often I'll be going, right, have we got the story? Does it make sense? All the kind of very basic things because, because there's no script, there's no structure to do that. So you have to ba- you're basically editing it as they're speaking. So you're going, right, have they set the story up properly? Have they introduced that character properly? Have they done this? So you're trying to work all that out while they're performing. And then, um, and then you're also trying to look at, make sure they've got three, four, five funny bits. So in a 10-minute sequence when you're performing, it's horrible, but I'm basically watching for you guys to do three or four funny things <laughs> in amongst the story. And if you do that, that's fine. And they'll come back and go, that bit was terrible. And I go, I don't care because I've got five or six really funny bits over here. This bit doesn't, that bit doesn't matter. I could cut it out. And then when we get in the edit, a good thing for, a good example is that Lorraine Kelly um, scene. When we actually wrote that, you knew you were going to see Lorraine Kelly. Do you remember? Mm-hmm. So the story was they knew it was Lorraine Kelly. They turn up. They're all excited. And there was a lot of banter at the start between them and Lorraine Kelly. And in the edit, that just got in the road. And at some point, I don't know, me or the editor or, or Joe or somebody said, how about we try it, that they will edit it. So they, it's like they don't know who they're going. So that's what ended up working best was them. We do a little bit of them saying, well, we're talking, we've, been, we've had a complaint, we're just going to turn up. And then we see them at the door and then you've got Louise's reaction. Of, oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah. And, then, and so that works best for that scene, but that's not what we wrote and it's not what we shot. It's a, a construction in the edit. So actually, when I'm out filming, I'm mainly thinking about what we're constructing in the edit, not what's 100% what's happening in front of us. If that makes it's also sense. clearly a big collaborative effort with everybody. You yeah. know, everyone's got a huge role to play in, in what ends up on screen. Yeah. I, I don't, I'm not as involved in the edit. I tend not to be present. So that's uh, Noddy and 
Simon, the editor, who does a brilliant job, uh, and I mentioned his name there because I forgot in the BAFTA acceptance speech, and I'd seen him in the toilets just before he went up, and I was like, I promise I'll remember. And I, <laughs> I saw Nicola Sturgeon there, and I just forgot his name. So. <laughs> okay, uh, well, that's been an hour uh, that we've been chatting. Uh, fantastic stuff. What a great insight. Uh, we've got 15 minutes to throw it out to you guys. So this is... Uh, this is uh, your chance to put any question to our, our panel uh, about Scott Squad, how it's made, how it's put together that we're maybe not covered. So who wants to go first? It's always a tricky one, right down the front. Yeah. Um, you were there we've just got a mic that's going to come to everyone. Um, you were talking earlier about um, you actually spoke to detectives. Yeah. Just to give you a wee insight into their job. Who did you speak to when you became the BAM whisperer? What kind of... <laughs> what kind of um, you know, did you, what kind of research did you do for that one, Julie? None whatsoever, just loads of my drunk pals. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I think that was uh, just, you know, when you've been standing in the pub and you're the driver and your pals suddenly just went to that kind of and you're like, oh my God, what? You've told me that already. But no, no, n- nobody for that. It'd be good if there was somebody that was exactly the band whisper, but no. We all know that somebody was, like that. That. Was, that, was, that was such a hit as well. You know, everyone, that was one of these uh, sketches everybody was talking about. Did you know that at the time when you were filming, thinking, this is good, this is going to be good? No, I think you'd be a bit of a ball bag if you were. No, but just the, the premise of the script, this is really funny, you know, and just, did you, did you think, or just... Well, this actually, just... the guy, um, whose name Neil I forgot, Bradford. Neil, sorry, yeah. yes, uh, he was so funny, and obviously we don't, we don't know what he's going to do when he comes in that room. Oh my God, we were trying not to wet ourselves out and I could not believe it. And it actually went on for so long and it was Louise. Her face was just like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do, which made it really real because I was like, all right, okay. And then all Noddy and Joel's statements, you just go in and you know exactly what to do. So a lot of the time you're really tightening your bum cheeks so you're not laughing and ruining the tape because he's coming out all this stuff and you don't want to ruin the tape so you just have to to go for it. But um, no, he was brilliant, wasn't he? He was really funny. I mean, it's good fun because they guys make up so much material but it's great when we have a, a performer like Neil Neil's a stand-up and other things and so, so somebody Neil comes in they get a little breather because they let him be funny and you just become straight almost and, and, and playing with it and it's always great fun when we have somebody like Neil in. and I remember Neil coming in and we'd expected him to do the voice because he does this fantastic Ned character or Ned voice and that, that's what we thought of and he said to me I remember him saying I don't really want to do that he says I've been thinking about doing and he did the voice, and it's different from what we thought he was going to do. And it was so funny, I said, OK, let, let's do that. I think the first time you heard it was when we did the first take. I couldn't believe it. I just, like, genuinely can't hear a word he's saying. <laughs> understand a word. He's amazing. Yeah. But it's great, that's what's, again, so good with Scott's Club. We have so many guest performers, and, and most of them are amazing. When they, most, all of them are amazing when they come in. And they give everyone a lift when they come in. It's, it's yeah. really good fun. I know what you mean, though. It's, it's that kind of thing of, like, you wouldn't want to be big-headed and go, oh, this bit's brilliant. You hope all the same, I'm sure you two are the same, you hope all the scenarios that we get to film, because a lot of them you don't see, so you get about 16 of them, so we'll maybe get six each in the end. So there, there, there are ones where you've been thrown darts at the board and it's just not happened. But, you know, like days like that, you, you would hope that that would make it, because you go, well, we were wetting ourselves, so hopefully, and, and the crew... Sometimes I take it off with the, how much the crew are enjoying it as well, and you go, well, hopefully that one's been really good. So. Good reaction from them. Anybody else got a question? Yeah. Yourself, sir. Oh. I was one of the extra cast on uh, one of the scenes called uh, Bring Your Kid to Work Day. Oh, oh yes. Well. Yeah. Um, is there any chance I could become an officer? <laughs> <laughs> good for you. Good 
Right, so how long do you have to be to how old do you have to be to be a police officer? Eighteen. So seven years. If we run another seven play, series, or he could play just a really years. small man. He <laughs> could be just a really small man because yeah, the height authority, the height restrictions gone, so he could. That's a funny joke. That's a funny joke. Let's do an improv. Let's let's improv a scene. No, but yeah, yes. Yeah, any time. There was a hand up at the back, Eleanor. No, it was just to say that we guy had to get apart because we were just saying, Sheila and I, the police do look ridiculously young now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when she hit like 25, which we had just passed, they, they do get very young. So him is a proper cop. Yeah. There's so many people have an age of proper cop. Yeah, yeah. It's a must. It's just, but he's, he's 25, but he's just a very small person. Yeah, exactly, person. it's That's funny. It's <laughs> you look like that, but wear a moustache. Yeah. And, and you can't get your head around it. That'd be or funny. He's a child and he's really good at being a police officer. <laughs> <laughs> he passed the entrance exam. Yeah. Oh. We're on the accelerated promotion scheme. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you ask... If you write to the BBC and ask them to give us a sick series, then maybe. Yeah. <laughs> we, we actually need to pitch that, so... Yeah. yeah that's nice. You never know. That's good. OK, any other questions? Oh, yeah, down front of you. Oh, two mics. Well. Just a question for you, really. Just wondering, yeah, um, just about the production. Do you do several recordings of the one scene, or do you just go with one scene? Do you run into something funny? We do. Um, <laughs> we do. We do do more than one take. Yeah, um, we have two cameras running the whole time, um, and normally just how interested you are but we have one camera that will try and take in the most of the scene and then we've got one camera that's doing much tighter shots and it sings and it swings between singles and stuff all the time and then we'll do a take which are often the longest takes so it could be maybe 15 bless you 15 20 <laughs> minutes and then we'll get together with performers and say what did we like about that what did we not like about that this bit was funny that was very joe or i will have an idea and say well how about we do this and then we'll reset and we'll run it again. And the camera operators will, will change positions so we get different shots so I can edit in between it. But the nature of, of those type of documentaries is there's literally no continuity, which, again, I'm back to this thing about the crew all have to buy into this because there are members of the crew, particularly in the art department and the script supervisors, who, whose job it is is to do continuity. When they go and do dramas and they go and do sitcoms and all that, their job is, well, in, on this line, the actor lifts his glass and puts it down and it's that, and it's that fool, and it, that's what they do. On Scott Squad, we, we just couldn't, we can't, we can't work like that. Whatever happens, happens, and it drives them absolutely bananas. <laughs> but you'll notice, like, I, I don't, you, you probably didn't notice because it, you're so used to watching these type of shows. When Jordan and Sally are talking to the guy with the metal, with the metal tube, Jordan jumps from being mm. that side of the tube and in the middle of a line, he's suddenly on the other side of the tube. And nobody questions it because that's the type of show it is. And in the edit, you can construct conversations that didn't happen because you're so used to watching that type of reality show. So continuity for us goes out the window. So we run a second take. We'll maybe do a third take. It's rare we do a third take because people get used to, to talking, the saying the same things. And then, the yeah, and then another one of our safety nets is I will, after every, after, but after every scene, I'll interview the performers and say, literally, you just tell me what you've just done. And so those little bits of them being interviewed, 
Yeah, well, it's often a week later. You've got to do them all in one in this nightmare. But the idea is to go... Yeah. So do the guys self-edit? So if you're in the middle of seeing a line or whatever and you, and you fluff it or you make a mess of it do you just instantly do it again is that sort of part of the spirit yeah. of the, of the, of the, the yeah, show I watch yeah? yeah or just roll to the end of that thought thought or whatever because yeah we don't stop no. in and, the and middle I, of a take really. and it's not it's not I mean literally every pretty much every take there'll be a bit where they'll go oh, sorry what, what are we talking about <laughs> I mean Joe or go, laugh or, that, or, or laugh. laugh or whatever yeah. and it'll break but but we keep rolling and myself or Joel shout, jump to the bit where you arrest them or jump to this yes. or do that. Remember you did this and they'll go, oh yeah, yeah, okay. And then we'll pick it up and keep going. So yeah. it's very loose. But that's what I'm saying. I'm standing at the thing, editing all the time, going, right, the first take that bit and that bit and that bit and that bit. And then there's this bit and this bit. And I know that we've got a scene. So yeah, it's very rare we go past the third take because people get so used to telling the story that it doesn't feel natural anymore. Mm-hmm. There's no overlap and everyone's waiting to say their lines and stuff, so we tend would, to do that. Craig works in documentaries as well, doesn't he? As yeah. well, So they're used to that sort of yeah. thing. DOP. Yeah. Any other questions from the floor? Robert? Here we go. Two in the same row. Obviously, it's kind of like a mockumentary style of filmmaking, which is very close to documentary. So I was just wondering, how much did... How many times has like the crew got in the way or came into shot, and would you just keep that going? Well, that is for, the, the, it was a rule that I kind of started when we when we did the very first series. That although in a documentary you would sometimes see the crew, and sometimes you'll see a cameraman or a camera person or a remote or whatever in the back of shot, we we decided not, never to have that if we can at all avoid it because just a purely. I, I like it when the audience, it's still a comedy, so I like it when the audience just get lost in the characters and lost in the story. And if I see a crew member, I'm reminding them that they're watching a documentary. And, and we also, we, do, we never do sly looks to camera, that office style. Uh, that, because again, it break, I, I like the fiction of those characters being in the world and just doing their thing. I think if, if they're aware that they're being filmed, it becomes a different joke. Does and if you show the crew, it becomes a different joke. So we never, we, we tend not to. If when we break, if we're doing an interview and we break and talk to each other, is that uh-huh. breaking it? No, that's all right as long as it's in character. Right. It's just whenever it, there's one or two where the chief can, the chief's the different because he's be, most of his stuff's an interview. So we love the chief's pomposity because he knows he's being interviewed. And so therefore he can be as bullshit and as big a fud as he wants, basically. But we, with the other officers, it's not, it's not the same. And we try, although it's got the style of this, that it's very rare that we allow the crew to be on camera. Has there been any, there been any times where, like, you'd be trying to get a, like, a scene done and the camera's, like, went left and you went, oh, no, the boom guy's there. Yeah, <coughs> yes. Uh, and we will cut around it as much as we can, but the scene that Manny was talking about of Grado on the, and Manny on the bus with the performer Joyce Faulkner, and get, they were supposed to get into a bit of a grapple as Grado takes her off the bus and because Grado does wrestling he'd said to Joyce punch me and Joyce is going what? he says punch me and Joyce is no shrinking violet <laughs> so when we did it they hadn't told me that because really I should say no because I'm the producer and health and safety and all that but they, they decided to do it themselves and then that they come rolling out the bus and Joyce punches Grado and then they go down, they start rolling on the floor, and in those takes you can see the crew, just because, I mean, that was genuinely, we had no idea that was going to happen, and it was, 
insanity and I would have stopped them if they had <laughs> known it was going to happen. But they went for it and we put it in the show and it was great. But yeah, it, it's, it's rare that it happens. There was another question in that same row. Um, it's a question about character development. Um, it's just, you know, the, the characters in Scots Boat are so, uh, so known now and well loved and, you know, everybody watches them for knowing what they're going to be. Do you ever get tempted or do you ever have pressure on you to um, think, oh, we'll better develop this character? I mean, you've talked about the chief, yeah. right? But I'm just thinking of one specific one, because like, I'm speaking as a fan, so, um, it's like Officer Karen and Bobby. Yes. There, was a, there was a point where she was, it, that, that, that in their relationship was developing a bit, and that he was getting a few too many over on her. And the funniness about her was that she, was, she always was in control and she always could get the last line, if you yeah. like, but he was starting to get them. And I remember thinking, oh, no, no, don't make her like that, because she's not funny anymore like that. She's, she's sad. Yeah. So I'm just asking um, about that. It's an interesting I think question. It's funny you picked up on those two as well, because I think Karen especially, it's, it's a, the, the amazing thing about those characters is that they're in that situation. We have to constantly think of ways of keeping them fresh. But I think Karen and Darren especially are going, what's our life like outside the station, which obviously we can't see. Um, Karen's come up with a lot of backstory for hers. I know yeah. she's gluten intolerant. It's even, to be fair, it's <laughs> for, some reason, for some reason. I don't know. But it's, it's interesting for them as well, because as I say, we shoot more than we use. So if we average out, I don't know, say... You six. just want to keep them the same. Yeah, I, I, it's difficult because, because as I say, for, for us, the, for, for people who've seen it, there's maybe eight or nine a series of Karen and Darren. So that, multiply that by five now, so that's what, 45... 50 sketches maybe that people will eventually see after five year, five series. For us, we've shot probably about 120, 140 sketches over that time. So for us, it's even more. God, we're doing this again. <laughs> um, but there is that thing of keep coming back. And it's funny you saying about the characters developing. If we're being brutally honest, we don't really... Th we basically pick the sketches that make us laugh. And so... There's, we have grand schemes of plans and things, and like we're saying about mixing characters together and trying this and trying that and developing characters, and actually, bam or no bam or somebody hiding enough. That's as funny as we could imagine We've it done being. It once. And so Ken Beatty, Ken has gone up the ranks. He, yeah, he's he's been promoted and he's had that freedom <laughs> to to grow. But I think it's just him. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's it, it's interesting because we do have the conversation quite a lot, and particularly now we're into five series and then maybe six. And that's, we actually try to do it by introducing the detectives and stuff, so freshen up the show by adding more people rather than yeah. taking people on. Because it's, it's also like a sketch show. Scott's Code's essentially a sketch show. And when you think of your classic sketch shows, like you're saying about Absolutely or something, you know, how many of those characters did, did Callum Gilhooly develop? No, he was just always an idiot in every sketch for four series. So There's uh, it's one balance. thing we're always discussing. We've all got different ideas. We'll never, ever see it on screen, I promise. But... Uh, <laughs> who Uncle Jeffy is. <laughs> and we've all got different... Like, one is that Uncle Jeffy's one of those uncles that's actually younger than Bobby. And he's a little child, and Bobby's actually his carer. <laughs> but when we start to explore that, it becomes tragic, really and it's not it's funny. Really so, uh, and everyone's got different ideas of who that is. I think Darren thinks it's Robert Florence, or he'll yeah. see, he'll see, I don't know, like Billy Connolly's, like, can that be Uncle Jeffy? But we're never going to see it, Darren. And it's nice, and it's the same as Gene. That's just someone that's in the audience's imagination. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, fantastic. Thank you very much. That's a time done. Uh, just a reminder that your ticket for to today's session will give you access to the closing drinks reception play party in the long gallery on the fifth floor from 6.15. Uh, come along, fantastic opportunity to network and uh, discuss today's panels. And if you like what you've seen today, then you should consider becoming a BAFTA Scotland member. Uh, there are events, screenings and masterclasses all year round. Check out the BAFTA Scotland website for more info. But in the meantime, thank you very much. But please thank our uh, panel today, Manjot Sumal, Sally Reid, Julie Wilson-Nimmo, Ian Davidson and Joe Hewlett.